I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Welcome back to Season 7. And here we are, kicking it off with a new interview, just for you, Snoops and Sleuths. I hope you'll enjoy! Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me M.K. Dean. Is that how you prefer to be referred to? Yes, that's my new pen name for my cozy mysteries. Ah, great to hear it. And she's here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. M.K., would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? So uh, MK Dean is my new pen name for a new to me genre. Although I love cozies and have been reading them for years, I never really thought that I had the chops to write one myself. And yet it kept calling to me. So I gave it a shot and I've been very pleasantly surprised with the, the reception of an embarrassment of itches. And now um, I am, I, I'm going to branch out in that direction and keep going. I have a series in mind. I have lots of ideas. And so I'm just ready to roll with it. My other pen name is McKenna Dean. And I write uh, paranormal romantic suspense with mystery elements to it under that pen name. Ooh, how exciting. And I've got to say, I love the title of an embarrassment of itches. It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> that was actually suggested to me by a friend of mine. And once she said it, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yes, we have to go with that. <laughs> oh, the best titles can sometimes come from the least expected places, can't they? <laughs> and and I'm not really, you know, very quick with the elevator pitches or um, you know, clever titles or things like that. My husband is an incredible punster. And I mean, we got started one afternoon, I made some sort of fish comment. And he must have made like, I don't know, 10 fish puns in a row. And I was like, stop it, stop it. Because I just couldn't play along. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Well, I would say all of it to a certain extent. I mean, what you do is you you take things that have happened to you or happened to other people and you put your own spin on it and put it in a different situation. Um, so, you know, the my background with working with animals has come into play with um, the Jenny Reese mysteries. Jenny Reese is a house call veterinarian. And so there are lots of animals in these stories. And I like to refer to the series as Diagnosis Murder Meets All Creatures Great and Small. Oh, how fun. And yes, and, and you know, that was one of those things that when that came to me, I was like, oh, yes, that's what this is. <laughs> but I know what you mean about taking a little bit of your own experiences and putting them in. I have a series myself. Well, Right now it's one book, but the second book's coming soon. Mm -hmm. um, the book's called Sparks of Suspicion. And I put some of my love of old movies oh. into the book. My main character can quote old movies or paraphrase old movies at the drop of a hat. <laughs> A 
And are we talking like noir or or um, not necessarily comedies or just anything from that it, 1930s, 40s, 50s era? Anything from the 30s, 40s, 50s era in the in Sparks of Suspicion um, when she meets the character who will turn out to be her love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, he even gets into it because his last name is Kane. And ah. she calls him Mr. Kane. Right. When she first meets him, thinking she's being respectful. And he says, please just call me Bridger. Anyone <laughs> calls me Mr. Kane, and I expect to see either my father or hear someone whisper ominously, Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> and at another point, um, one of her friends, they're in the middle of remodeling what's the main character's childhood home into an inn and they come up with a new idea and she asks okay so what would that cost and her friend says let me put this in the terms of your favorite christmas movie somewhere (laughs) between ouch and boing (laughs) so it's anything within that 30s 40s 50s era that you're likely to come across (laughs) sure so the the uh, first book in in my Red Claw Origins series, which is under McKenna Dean, I refer to as Bringing Up Baby Meets Warehouse 13. Oh, fun. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> so it's a little kind of a little bit of a screwball comedy. It's a little bit of, you know, we're hunting down mysterious artifacts. The, um, the main character is a former socialite down on her luck. And so she has to take a job, you know, anywhere. And she stumbles into a job that with a secret organization that hunts mysterious artifacts. And so uh, that's where that, that uh, you know, I, I, I tell myself I write mysteries with romantic subplots or romance romances with mysterious subplots i can't seem to do one or the other there's always <laughs> everything's better with a with a romantic subplot in my opinion so um it wasn't a stretch for me to go into cozies i just you know in your head you're like oh i'm not smart enough to do that you know i've got to think of a killer and i have to think of a reason and i have to think of this and and i thought that itches was going to be a one-off you know it's like oh i'll give it a shot i'll throw it out there i you know see what happens and been really surprised at how well it's done um and at the same time you know like a week later i'm like well you know i could have this happen Ooh, and if i bring this person in oh well who would kill well they would and, <laughs> you know the next thing i know i'm like okay apparently i have more mysteries in me <laughs> Uh, isn't that great when that happens it is great do you have any advice for those who would want to write or specifically write cozies well i i have to say that it really boils down to putting in your hours and and what i mean by that is you know whatever you do if you're going to play the piano or take up archery or um, ice skate or in my, my thing was I, I competed horses and you, you have to put your hours in your hours of practice, your hours at the keyboard, your hours, um, doing scales. I cut my teeth on fan fiction and I wrote, I don't know, a million words of fan fiction before 
I started saying, well, maybe, you know, maybe I could write my own stories. Maybe I could have my own, you know, characters. Um, and so, you know, that you put the miles on, you, you, you learn the scales, you learn the, the routine. That's part of it. And then, you know, I've been doing this in some form or another for 10 years now. And I look back at some of my early work and I'm like, ouch, oh, <laughs> I really, that got published? Who in the right mind would publish that? And, and you know, I, I like to think that I'm growing with time and getting better with time. And, you know, in when you're riding horses and you're competing horses, you compete at a certain level until you start winning the ribbons. And then you move up. And when you move up, you have to start at the bottom again. You have to learn a new skill set. You have to, you know, master new elements. And, you know, you're no longer in the top of the ribbons. You're down at the bottom of the heap. And you have to build that skill set up and build that process up. And I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, they love the idea of writing. They love the idea of, of being a published author, but they just want to write that story and slap it out there and say it's done. And, you know, I, I'm saying from my own personal experience, when you write the end of the first draft, you are just beginning. There's a lot more work left to, left to do. And, and I, think, I think in this world, we kind of have this idea of when you don't lose 20 pounds in 10 days, then it, you're a failure. And we have to be prepared to be in it for the long haul. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, that first draft, like you said, is just kind of to quote Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. You've just taken your first step into a much larger world. Right, right. And, and I know that when I finish a first draft, I'm like, okay, we're done. And I have to... I have to set it aside for a few weeks and then come back to it and with fresh eyes and go, oh, okay, well, all right, this needs a lot of work. Oh, and those are the scariest words out there sometimes. <laughs> the, yes. Okay, this is going to need a lot of work. <laughs> I tend, as I write, I tend to massage and edit and polish and reread as I go along. So my, my first drafts are not as rough as, as some, but that makes me a slow writer. That's, that's why I don't pop out a book every three months. Um, and everybody's got their own process. And when I first started writing, I had some very supportive people, lovely people who gave me all kinds of books on craft and, and, and you know, mastering this genre and writing this way and so forth. And it sort of paralyzed me. I, I read all these books and I got all this conflicting information. And it reminded me of when I got my very first puppy and I read every single dog training book out there in existence, and it did the same thing. I was like, I don't know what to do. How do I, you know, what you have to do under those circumstances, you want to learn, you want to improve your craft, you want to take courses and, and, you know, read books and so forth. But you also have to understand what your own process is. And I think it's really important to, to pick the information that resonates with you instead of allowing it to squash your creativity or, you know, be very adamant, you know, there's, you know, absolutely no adverbs or, 
um, you know, some sort of hard and fast rule that doesn't work for you, like you must write 5,000 words every day or, you know, something like that. Some people don't write every day. Some people must write every day. Um, some people are, you know, serious outliners. If I outline a story to any great degree, it's a, it's a killer for me. I'm like, I lose all interest in the story. But I've become more of an outliner than I used to be because when you're writing series or when you're writing mysteries, you can't just leave it all to chance. You know, <laughs> you can't just go, well, I don't know, maybe he's the killer today. <laughs> so um, I think it's kind of important to, to accept that and, and say, you know, I'm going to take this piece of information and that piece of information and I'm going to reject this, this, you know, adage because it doesn't work for me. 100% that I absolutely agree with that. So do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's a hard one, you know, because, you know, I tend to become very enamored with the characters that I'm working with. And then, you know, I will set them aside to move to somebody else or an, another set of characters. I used to write standalones. And, and just from a marketing standpoint, standalones don't always make a lot of sense. People get invested in characters and they want to know more about them and they want to, you know, follow their adventures. And so I do get that. But I also found it, I didn't want to leave characters behind. I didn't want to say, okay, your story's done. See ya, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, right now, I would say my two sets of characters are Bishop and Knight. That's my socialite and bitter scientists that are working together and, you know, running around in 1950s New York, discovering mysterious artifacts. And um, I'm having a lot of fun with Jenny Reese, the house call veterinarian. She's, um, she is, is, thinks that she's quiet and hardworking and, and, you know, good girl. And yet she has these moments of outrageousness that are just fun to play with. <laughs> oh, they both sound like great characters. Well, thank you. <laughs> so do you have an author that's most influenced your writing? Ooh, you know, I started out reading as a very young, I was read too as a child. And I think that's really important. And in our household, reading was something that was heavily encouraged, probably because my mother wanted us out of her hair. Um, <laughs> so she, she just, you know, yeah, absolutely go read a book, you know. Um, but that's been, that's been, you know, I, I, so many books and so many um, authors, I, I like, like you are a big fan of the movies of the thirties, forties, and fifties. I was a big fan of the, the mystery authors of the golden age of mystery. So Dorothy Sayers and Agatha Christie and Josephine Tay and Marjorie Allingham, you know, all of, you know, I can just be like, oh yes, this detective and, you know, that love interest. Um, they they would probably be heavy influences, I love the humor and the tongue-in-cheek approach of uh, Elizabeth Peters' Amelia Peabody Mysteries. Uh, so, you know, I, I like that kind of character that's blind to their own fault, flaws kind of thing. <laughs> um, hey, let me see. Um, 
I really, uh, I read and enjoy Emma Jameson's work. She's got some, some police procedurals, but she's also branching into cozies as well. And they've been a lot of fun. Um, I could go on. <laughs> I could go on and on. Oh, that's always, that's what I love about this question. I end up with a list of authors that I myself have to check out. <laughs> well, I think one of the best books that I've read in a very long time was Tasha Alexander's And Only to Deceive. And she introduces her heroine in that book, the Lady Emily. And it, it you know, the, it turns out to be mystery set in a historical time period. But I became so invested. The, the short version of this story is that she's a widow. And um, someone comes to her and says, you know, look, we're trying to you know, find out what happened when your husband died on your honeymoon going off on a hunting trip. She, she is really happy being a widow. She doesn't want to reintegrate into society. But as the story unfolds, you find out that her husband loved her more than it was a marriage of convenience. Oh. And, and so, you know, as she as she unfolds through the what happened to her husband kind of thing, you begin to learn him at the same time she's learning him. It's really masterfully done. Just oh, sucked me right in. That sounds like a great book. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> so outside of writing, what other hobbies do you have? Uh, well, I, I have a day job that, that's pretty demanding. And so um, the writing is a big form of escapism for me. Um, but I, I love taking photographs. I'm, I'm terrible at it. I mean, I, I have like a little point and shoot camera in my phone. So it's not like I'm out there with a, you know, Nikon 7000, you know, taking pictures of bison from across Yosemite or something. Um, but I, I do, I, I hardly a day goes by without me taking pictures. I love hiking. I, I have dogs that, you know, need to exercise till their brains run out their noses. So <laughs> I, I have to get them out. Um, I used to compete um, uh, in the sport of eventing, which is kind of like the triathlon of horses. It's cross country and stadium jumping and dressage. But um, I have since retired from that. My, I, I lost my horse this past spring. And oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she'd been retired and, you know, but it was still, it was a, I'd had her since she was a baby and it was very hard. Yeah. Um, and so at this point now, I'm probably, I like to refer to myself as a grounded horsewoman. <laughs> you know, I'll always be a horsewoman, but I'm one who doesn't ride at the moment. Um, so what else? I mean, obviously reading, um, but you know, most of my, most of my activities that I enjoy take place outside. So. So you mentioned you have dogs. Would you mind telling my snoops and sleuths what kind you have? <laughs> so I have a little Jack Russell Terrier that I inherited from my mother, actually, when she, when she, uh, went into assisted living. And he is just this 
amazing dichotomy of this cute, funny, you know, happy little terrier and vicious killer when you put him next to like a possum or a raccoon or anything like that. He's like, bing, bing, bing. I'm a happy dog. I will kill you. <laughs> and, um, and I enjoyed that dichotomy so much that I made him a character in uh, the Bishop and Knight books. He is a dog that um, shifts into a velociraptor. <laughs> yes, which I thought was just perfectly appropriate for him. And and then my my other dog is a German Shepherd, and he is actually featured in the Jenny Reese books. Um, you know, because you know you have to have fair play. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, Dr. Reese has a German shepherd that goes with her, you know, goes everywhere with her. Oh, they sound like great dogs. I'm looking. They're, they're very mutton Jeff because like one's 90 pounds and one's 18 pounds. It's a huge difference in size. <laughs> I'm personally looking for the right story to feature my dog in. I've got a red healer. Ah, by the well, name of, of course, Ruby. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Well, see, see, well, I will have to say that in Itches, uh, healer puppies do feature in them toward the end. So, you know, you, you, you can slide a puppy in everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Hmm. Well, so uh, my website is uh, McKenna Dean Romance. Dot com. I'm currently expanding that to include MK Dean, but there you will find um, all of my links, you know, to to various places. I uh, if you go to my um, Twitter account or my Instagram account, there is a link tree. And so the link tree's got everything. It's got Facebook. It's got newsletter sign up. It's got, you know, um, Amazon pages, all of that. I love Linktree. It's like one handy place to have all your links. And then if you change something, you don't have to like run around and change it on every single page in existence. Oh, that sounds like a great program. I might oh, I love need Linktree. to get into that myself. So, so my Instagram, let me just go there. Instagram is my happy place because I do love taking pictures. And my Instagram account is McKenna Dean Romance. Okay. Um, and then if you go to my bio, there's that lovely little link tree link and it just takes you everywhere. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include these links in the show's notes. Thank you. Oh, I've had so much fun chatting with you. <laughs> this has been good. Yeah. So we are at the last and or the last and probably a fairly biggie question. <laughs> okay. What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Uh, well, <laughs> they would either say that I am very, very bad about ignoring them for long periods of time and just leaving <laughs> them twiddling their thumbs, waiting for me to, you know, uh, let them do what they want to do. That would be one. The other complaint would usually be along the lines of, 
why why does every chapter have to end on a cliffhanger <laughs> i was minding my own business and then the house caught on fire or the car blew up or the you know it's like well you know when in doubt explode something <laughs> oh that yeah those tend to be fairly common character complaints either you're leaving me alone or you're doing too much to me <laughs> that's right that's right you know it's like oh, i just finished you know i just dealt with the last body and now you've turned around i've and i've discovered another body and again once again you know i'm the prime suspect <laughs> like i can't help it you live in this small town where people die you could try moving to cabot cove <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they would still find the same problem. <laughs> oh, I, I hear you though. My poor main character, Sabia. Uh, let's see. First, her shop manager is killed. Mm -hmm. Then she comes to Denver for a big ranchers expo, and a bookie is killed. Mm. <laughs> And I'm working on the third one right now where, oh, great. She's about to get married and her groom's cousin has just gotten killed. Well, at least it's not the groom. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and so what does your protagonist do? What you said, did you say ranchers convention? Yeah, uh, my protagonist has a ranch in Southern Colorado where she raises horses, alpacas, goats, and llamas. Well, there you are. I know a little something about all of those. <laughs> and I may have to come to you for some advice. Well, I would say uh, so. So, you know, I my writing was was English, not Western. Uh, it was, you know, it was a very different style of writing. Um, but but uh, yes, I mean, I, I know a little about alpacas and llamas, very little. Um, but I have a. a we, we live in a small farm, you know, it's not a working farm. It's more of like a hobby farm, but uh, we have our share of, of livestock. <laughs> well, I will tell you one thing. I will tell you the, the thing that I know about llamas is that you do not walk up to them with your hands on either side of your head, pretending to be ears and then flip them backward. Like you're pinning your ears because those suckers will spit on you in a heartbeat. Ooh. <laughs> okay, now you just gave me a scene that I may have to put. Yeah, into the book. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, see, see. When I was first introduced to a llama, someone tried to tell me that that was the appropriate way to greet them, kind of like a snipe hunt. You know, you know the old snipe hunt thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like. I don't know, that doesn't sound right. And I watched somebody do it. They walked up with their hands on either side of their head like ears, and then they rotated them backwards and flipped them down. And boy, that llama pinned his ears, stomped his feet, worked up a good loogie and let fly. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> like I said, that will now have to be a scene. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> include it. Oh, well, I've had so much fun talking with you and I can't wait to read your books. Well, thank 
you. Thank you. I'm I'm interested in seeing what what you've got going too, because you know, that that whole um, you know, if it's set in farming, ranching, you know, with animals, I'm all over that. Well, I'll, I'll have to get you a book. Yeah, yeah. We need to, you know, uh, give give me your information. We'll do. Where where can I find your books? Uh, where you can, can I find you? You can find my books on Amazon.com. Okay. Or, yeah, Amazon.com. Just search Leanna Shields and they should come up. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I try to do Instagram, but I'm not very consistent with it. Uh I tell people, you know, they're, they're like, oh, do I have to be on every platform? Do I need a TikTok? Do I need this? I need that. I'm like, you know, I, I get real estate on those platforms so that somebody else won't take my name. <laughs> but I spend time on the platforms that I enjoy being on. And, and you know, pick three, spend your time there. And, and if the others don't work for you, don't worry about it. Oh, some more great advice. Mm -hmm. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their help in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd also like to thank my Coffee Clutch for their contributions as well. If you'd like to be like my patrons, Regina, or my fellow podcasters, The Cozy Cub and Dower Bear, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Or you can join my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. And if you want to hear some great cozy mysteries read by local authors, check out the Cozy Rats Mage po Maze podcast. Until next time, this is Leanna Shield saying, keep cozy. <laughs>